everyone, my name is Bata Vichak and this is Fashion Knowledge, a podcast educating, disrupting and shaping fashion futures. Fashion Knowledge is brought to you by Unfolding Strategies, a consultancy and education lab for digital, inclusive and sustainable fashion in Web3. Hi, welcome everyone. Today, our special guest is Kostas Kazantis. So Kostas, you're a creative technologist and you currently work at the Fashion Innovation Agency and lecture at the London College of Fashion. Uh, Your practice blends together fashion media production, visual communication and computer science, and you specialize in bringing game engine technology, 3D design and XR to fashion. And I had to read it out loud because I don't want to make any mistakes. Um, I think such combination in the past could be considered, you know, a little bit like bizarre and weird and like, what do you work with this and that together? But even this morning, I had a meeting with another creative technologist, but he's more like product focused, I would say, uh, as opposed to you. So, yeah, I'm also wondering, maybe in the end of our conversation, we can address is this, you know, is this the new job of the future? And will there be, you know, much more creative technologists in fashion? Because so far, I can only think of two, maybe three, you know, apart from you and the guy that I met this morning. Um, yeah, and uh, I've been following your work online for a while, and I'm always very amazed and intrigued, but I, I think like I never can really fully grasp and understand what it is that you're doing. So I always have this excitement, but I'd like to know more. So I would like to take this, uh, you know, as an opportunity for us to, to start talking about it. And when I was also thinking how to introduce that you, that you do, I think that you bring immersive technology and fashion together. I thought that would be the easiest way to put it. So maybe this is where we can we can start. You know, what does it what does it mean? What are immersive technologies and what they can do with fashion together? Definitely, yeah. Thanks a lot for the introduction. That's I'm very happy to be here. So yeah, a little bit about my work. Uh, it's focusing a lot on trying to elevate traditional models within the fashion industry, mainly related to showcasing models, but also are related to how designers make their collections and also retail them as well. Uh, and by doing that, by incorporating emerging practice, which means interaction with immersive te- technologies and new media in the process of doing that. The reason for that, like from where I come from, is because I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing that many of the fashion brands are starting to understand that they need to address consumers who don't only exist in the real world, but people that acquire more and more immaterial layers. A very simple example of that could be the popularity of filters, for example, and how we decide to uh, to narrate ourselves in in hybrid worlds. So considering that and the fact that I'm seeing like changes in the hardware technology, like all the big tech players are trying to win the AR game. So I believe that there will come a point where their smartphone device is going to be replaced by something else, which will allow us to be completely immersed in, in these hybrid worlds, as I was saying. So I think that is an extremely important to try and question how we will be disseminating fashion within this environment. And my work focuses a lot around that, like how we can utilize all of these tools that are out there to be able to narrate fashion content in different ways and to be able to address more people than we did uh, traditionally, because these events, all of the showcasing models that are uh, actually generated through the tech are models that allow fashion to be more inclusive because it can adapt and it can address many more people who wouldn't have the chance traditionally to be there. So yeah, I mean that was yeah in a nutshell uh, the reason why working with, um, why I'm working within this field. And in terms of the technologies that I'm using, uh, I'm really interested in three D modeling, design, and animation software. 
but mainly game engine technologies, which are software that were initially created for the video gaming industry, but gradually they have been adopted by several other industries. And these tools, like in a few words, allow us to uh, program and develop interactive experiences. We can articulate the way we want our audience to interact with those. So it can be every anything from an e-commerce uh, interactive immersive experience where a consumer can uh, immerse themselves in shop product and learn stories about the brand. Mm -hmm. But it can be also a purely virtual reality catwalk show. Uh, this software have the power to allow us to develop lots of different kinds of experiences within the metaverse, let's say, spectrum. Mm. Interesting. I also like, thank you for giving those examples, you know, from like a either brand or user perspective. I think I will also have some more questions, you know, to contextualize those things to make it for me, for people who are listening, like more tangible. Um, and I know that you've been lately working on projects that use the word real a lot and you also use the word real as well. So I'm curious, what is this, this real component in your kind of, you know, immersive technology understanding? And I would love to hear more about your real-time fashion experiences projects and real cloth simulation. That sounds very exciting. So what do they mean? What is that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all of the latest projects that I've been working on focus a lot on the real-time element of fashion, which for me is that holy grail, that game changer, which will allow digital fashion to be widely experienced, like to be experienced by any end user. And that is because, like you might have seen, there's lots of different implementations of... Uh, digital fashion but usually it's using post-processing techniques so for example uploading a picture and then people are superimposing a garment onto you in post-process so you however what happens when we want to consume that content in real time mm -hmm. sorry so you need to kind of wait something needs to ah, happen yeah. there has to be some kind of let's say maybe even if not a middleman there needs to be a time in between that it's not it's not an instant exactly moment. There needs to be like 3D work, which has, has, needs to be done in post. So you upload something and then like a digital designer or a machine learning algorithm, uh, superimposes a garment on top of you. Mm -hmm. However, like a very difficult thing is like to be able to do that in real time. So for example, to people to be able to walk in the street and you can see them wearing digital garments or mix and matching their physical garments with digital layers. That is extremely difficult because we need to track parts of the body. Uh, in real time and then be able to drape the cloth on top of that uh, which is very complicated uh, we need like more advanced machine learning algorithms to be able to do that uh, sure you might have seen like implementation there are already implementations of it for example snapchat lens studio the software that snapchat has developed released some templates to do that and there's been brands involved like farfetch did something there um, we've seen lots of examples of that with accessories shoes headpieces eyewear and that is because like parts of the head and the feet are easy to track because they don't contain many moving elements, if that makes sense. But it's really difficult to track the entire body and extract skeletal data from it and drape the cloth on top of that, especially when, when we're working with fitted garments. Because again, we've seen it working really nicely with oversized puffer jackets. However, what happens when we want to... Uh, when we want to use fitted garments, that is a bit difficult. So yeah, the recent projects that I've been working on at the Fashion Innovation Agency involve experimentation with these kinds of techniques. Mm -hmm. And so, you... yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking, uh, I'm just thinking, so just to kind of visualize it, let's say that following the scenario, we go to the, I don't know, in future, you will go to a party and uh, let's say you go, you go to a concert and 
I don't know, let's say you receive, you bought an NFT and this NFT is a ticket, but it also gives you like the, you know, particular digital garment to wear and everybody's wearing the same outfit and you can see them by participating there or we can watch it on the screen and see them wearing it. I'm just kind of curious, where is the screen and how do we see things? I know that you said there might be tools that will replace our smartphones, but this is maybe a question around that. Yeah, I mean, in, in the future, I, I believe that there will come a point where younger people won't be able to understand in detail why we had a screen, as a dimension, to interact with the virtual world. And this is because the technology is bringing us to an ecosystem where digital and physical will be completely merged. So it's going to be difficult to discern what's real and what's not. And in that context, yeah, it's extremely interesting and relevant to discuss how fashion is going to be disseminated there, because if yeah, if the two worlds are blended, then we can add as many digital augmentations we want on top of our garments. Uh, so yeah, there will come a point, to my opinion, where we will be able to go to a concert or an event and view people in different digital layers in mm -hmm. that sense. Mm, cool. So, but coming back to like, yeah, those real-time fashion experiences and real club simulation, I would like us to look at it through three lenses right now. One, from a perspective of a consumers. So what is it, does it mean to a consumer to kind of uh, yeah, consume fashion in the sense that it's like in between, that is both digital and physical. And we don't have to go very far in the future. Maybe we can even, you know, refer to the things that are happening right now, because I think we very often like tend, there's this escapism that we think future, future, future. But I think those things are happening also right now. So, you know, even we are now blended because we're recording this conversation. You know, I'm in Paris, we're in London and so on. And second perspective that's interesting, obviously, what does it mean for brands and designers? So for, you know, both from creative perspective, but also potentially revenue streams and what does it mean? And the first one that's, that I'm particularly personally interested in, so like what kind of impact does it have? How, because there are all those new technologies and they're happening, but how is it, for example, in, in does it take under consideration you know, the climate crisis, the impact that it has, sustainability, also social sustainability? how it will impact the people in longer term. So I don't know, could we, could we do that and maybe start from the, from the, from the, yeah, from the uh, consumer perspective. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question and yeah, we'll happy to, to answer that. Like, but before going through, I, I definitely agree with what you said before that it's already there and we always mm -hmm. tend to look at the very far away future, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And I definitely agree on that. And I think that there is, a whole generation of people working with these tools, like designing 3D garments, superimposing them on top of people, etc. Uh, a lot of like digital artists working together with fashion designers, like skill sets are changing. So everything is there. What we don't have yet is that hardware device that will allow us to all of us be able to experience it easily. But I think that we will, we will as I said before, there will come a point where this is going to happen. And like I, sometimes I'd like to think like to I kind of parallelize it with the smartphone, like when the smart the smartphone was released. Nobody knew why they need a smartphone. And then gradually social media, using your phone to take videos, etc. The needs happened after the hardware was there. Whereas now we're experiencing the exact opposite. Like the need is there, like the software are there, there is this generation of people working with the tools, but what we don't have is the tool that will allow it to be widespread. So I think that when that happens, the change is gonna be- Who do you think is gonna give us that tool? Like who is there, are there those tools being developed right now? Like where yeah. do you think it's gonna come from? Because we all know that there's a massive power that comes with, uh, you know, producing um, such new amazing objects. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think? 
That's a very good question. I mean, I cannot answer specifically who is going to do it. The only thing I do know is that uh, lots of the big tech players like Google, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Apple tend to not speak about what they're doing, but I'm pretty sure they're working towards it because they recently released like a scanning module as well uh, within the iOS. Uh, yeah, so Microsoft as well. I know. That Why is the scanning are, so important? Investing. So the scanning is very important because it's it's a way to acquire 3D assets, 3D replicas of people, uh, of garments, of objects, whatever, uh, by using a smartphone device or a photogrammetry rig. And then once you acquire a 3D representation of something, you can then use that in any type of digital experience. So it's a way of acquiring those models, those files that then will be used in the curation of, uh, mm. of hybrid experiences. Uh, yeah, so all of these companies are investing in trying to democratize augmented reality technology. It's still a bit tricky because it still requires a headset, like considering seeing it from the very early stages when headsets are start were starting to be implemented, we were seeing how like large scale they were very difficult to wear. This has gradually changed. Uh, they've become much more easy to to wear and use. However, like, yeah, I think that more research needs to be done. And it's also not only a question of the technology, but also who is going to be able to make that kind of a hype. Mm -hmm. So who is going to provide, who is going to create that need for people to go out there and decide uh, mm. to get that device. Mm. So it will need some time. So, yeah, so we yeah, kind of shifted but... to the second part of my question. You know, what does it mean exactly. for yeah. for brands, for, for designers, also for tech? So... Uh, we we kind of talk about tech now so what will that mean for fashion industry yeah so basically coming back to your question the first part consumers i definitely think that the interaction with the technology changes like from the very basis the relationship between the brand and the consumer and that is because the consumer can become an active narrator in the process of disseminating fashion media i will elaborate more on that what i mean is the fact that a fashion designer can now create a template, an interactive platform for the audience to play with. Like you can imagine it as in a, as in a video game. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I think that the relationship between the designer and the audience and the consumer is becoming much more blended because the consumer takes part in the actual design in a way. You could imagine that, for example, like one, one nice example I'd like to think of is like a brand, a designer creating an iteration of a physical garment and then providing the consumer with a platform to create digital content to add to that garment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the, the communication pathways between the two are changing. And I think that's really important uh, for the consumer because they actually become part of the creating process and the relationship between brand and audience is changing. They're becoming part of an ecosystem in a way, which for me is, is super inspiring. Also, like on another level as well, I think that brands are starting to create and curate experiences and meaningful moments for their consumers. And usually they use those not just to sell product, but also to educate consumers in regards to their sustainability, their sustainability values, for example, or many other stories behind the brand. So again, uh, that helps a lot to nurture a younger generation of consumers who are more uh, focused on issues uh, around the planet and sustainability and inclusivity. So yeah, I think that's that's a really that's a really beautiful approach to what the technology can do in terms of of the relationship between consumers and brands. As far as the brand side is concerned, again, I believe it gives them the power to curate meaningful moments for audiences and change and create loyal relationships with them. But also, for me, like coming from an academic institution, uh, what I think is really fascinating is the fact that through the interaction with the digital, there is a 
there's an ecosystem that is being formed of online resources shareable and easily accessible. So we've ha- we've been having a younger generation of creatives who are self-taught, completely self-taught. So I think education at, at this time uh, is kind of, uh, you don't have, it, it's regardless of where you are in the world or your cultural background, your economic situation, you are able to learn to work with these tools and become a fashion designer. Recently, we did a course with uh, Epic Games and Burberry, which focused on that, like how to become a digital fashion designer. I think that, yeah, you can become a digital fashion designer just by watching YouTube tutorials. So for me, that's really inspiring uh, as a mindset. Uh, And finally, like seeing it overall from the sustainability perspective, I very much believe that by blending emerging with traditional practice, we can create models within fashion which are more sustainable and inclusive. I can give some examples of that. Yeah, uh, sure. Like, please, yeah, if I'm talking too much, that just... No, no, know, please. Just... Good. No, I'm, I'm very curious of the examples that you're thinking about. I would love yeah. to hear what they are. One example that I'm thinking is that recently we did a project at the FIA together with Yahoo Creative Studios and mm-hmm. the hybrid brand, which is called eBit, Enjoy Being in Transition. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm referring to them as a hybrid brand because they produce both digital and physical product. Mm-hmm. And the whole project focused a lot on uh, curating an entire fashion shoot in a digital environment. So mm-hmm. all the stakeholders that were taking part in the shoot, from the client to the photographer to the model, were, u- were using uh, VR headsets. They were in different locations around the world and they were able to be immersed into the same experience and curate the entire fashion shoot. Uh, there was a model who was wearing a motion capture suit. So we were, like in a few words, taking her movement and superimposing that on a digital character wearing digital garments in the environment. And what we observed through that is that we were able to change environments very quickly, just with the convenience of pressing a button. We moved from a desert environment to a post-apocalyptic urban one to another one with an architectural monument within. Also, weather effects were very easy to change, the time of the day, how the lighting behaved with the garment. So I think that all of these parameters in the physical realm would take like enormous time and resources because you would need to try with entire crews from different locations internationally. It doesn't mean that every fashion suit has to happen that way and it can happen like that. But I think that fashion brands need to be inspired by these kinds of modalities and tools because yeah, through that, by implementing some of it in the digital, we can create more sustainable models. Like as I was saying, also again, I think that digital fashion is a way to uh, eliminate our excessive need to consume because I'd like to imagine a brand creating a physical iteration of a product and then limitless digital ones. So uh, you can acquire a sweater, for example, but then you have like multiple versions of it with superimposing digital content on top. So in that sense, overproduction and waste can be eliminated, which uh, for me is, it's really important. Uh, at but, then, but then, so first thing you said was very interesting because it's like, it's almost like, you know, the fantasy of playing God. It's like, if you've ever been, if anyone has ever been on like on the set, doing a shoot it's like and suddenly it's raining and it was not supposed to supposed to be sunny it's like the end of the world it's like big big drama because there's many big money behind all those people were flown in all the clothes were rented all the crew is there and suddenly this one kind of thing is off so this sounds almost like a dream you know that you can yeah in that sense we can say play god because you can just like as you said switch the weather immediately and it's obviously much more cost efficient and you don't waste any other resources as you do it that makes sense and then the second wait, what was the second example? The second example was that uh, we kind of that we that we will consume less. But then you said that we will have the I don't know limitless digital assets, right? Garments. 
And this is something that also concerns me because if we will say that we will buy less physical products and we'll buy more digital products or we have this abundance, I don't know if, you know, if this really goes hand in hand. I don't know. I'm curious to, to hear more behind, you know, what you think about it. But I'm always concerned that it might be that it might be that, you know, we're actually buying more and more because if we have more of digital assets, we might also want to have more physical goods because usually, you know, buying more and more and more perpetuates probably in both directions. We would like probably to have a lot of digital assets, a lot of physical assets. Basically, what I mean is from a perspective looking at consumer behavior, I'm, I'm not sure it will like balance it out like that, but it's a kind of common thing to say in, in digital fashion today. So yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. about your logic behind that because I'm skeptical about no, that, that's it. That's a great question. And, and I definitely agree on the part that apart from bringing the digital within the equation, a whole mindset and business approach needs to change mm. to eliminate that need. Uh, I mean, maybe I didn't elaborate it too much when I was talking about limitless digital augmentations. What I meant is like getting one physical garment, but then getting a platform to design your digital iterations. And I mean, unlimitless because you could, you could create anything you want within that uh, digital environment. But on the other side, I mean, in my opinion, I believe that digital product at the moment, at least, is the most sustainable pro form of product that we can create. Um, so in that sense, like I was recently reading a report from DressX and they were stating that uh, polyester, for example, is a material that takes 200 years to decompose in nature, whereas in order to decompose a digital garment, you can just archive it on your feed. So it's a matter of the two. Like I definitely agree that uh, mindsets need to change, but also by bringing the digital within and by allowing people to, uh, to create their own augmentations in a way, I think that you will eliminate in a bit because like consumers wouldn't wouldn't get the digital augmentations ready and there will be a limit to how many they could get so yeah uh, yeah that's interesting but i think sometimes you know when we think about polyester and, and then we also need to think obviously it's going to be probably much less but we still need to think about materiality you know of the energy consumption intact water consumption intact that still exists uh, the carbon footprint of our conversation here together. You know, every Zoom call has a footprint. There's a lot of conversation about digital sustainability and, for example, Spotify or Netflix at the moment. So I think as we progress, I think there will be more and more of those questions, but definitely I think those numbers will never come close and it's obvious that everything has a footprint. So I would like to ask you the last question. Like, you know, I think for some people it might all, like, all feel overwhelming. Like in the past, you just wanted to do beautiful things. So you went into fashion and you wanted to do exciting, I don't know, gowns, like Oscar de la Renta said. And now suddenly you can do, you know, you can combine it with gaming. You can combine, I don't know, with many, many different things. So I think this might be a bit overwhelming. And as you said, many of the people working on it are like YouTube educated. So... I'm curious, uh, you know, what what do you think? Like, what are gaps in knowledge? Do we have any that about it? And do we still will continue like having people who are educated through being in the flow of information through different channels and you know self educating themselves with help of algorithms that run YouTube and other platforms? Or you think there are different ways to do that? Yeah, I definitely think that like it's a really important part of the equation. Like, we definitely need to figure out ways of how to nurture like a younger generation. When, I, when I'm saying younger generation, I don't specifically mean younger people. Like it can be anyone actually, even if someone is in the industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking about a younger generation of creatives in a way. Mm -hmm. But I think that the answer to me, like the, the key to that is uh, nurturing, as I said, like a younger generation of creatives with transferable skills 
who will be able to adapt in that ever-changing landscape by bridging together, emerging with traditional practice. Like I was working on a course, it was I think two years ago, we did a course uh, focusing a lot on artificial intelligence in fashion, and we created a digital catwalk show using AI. But I mean, the interesting approach to that is that we brought together a very diverse student group from traditional pattern cutting, traditional fashion design, photography, marketing, uh, to work together on that project. And what kind of blended them with one another was the tool, artificial intelligence. They didn't have a prior understanding of it, but it turned out that artificial intelligence, uh, the tool that we used, became the connecting element around all of these different disciplines. And I think that is the key, trying to find ways through which we can blend uh, traditional with emerging practice. Another really interesting point there, when you're talking about what is lacking, I think apart from the, from the skill sets, which, I mean, they're there, but they need to be elevated in terms of bringing back the two and people who have gaining understanding of how to work with both tools. I think sometimes what is lacking within fashion brands is leadership roles that kind of understand how to work with these tools. Because it's not just about, not everyone has to learn how to use uh, game engine technology or 3D tools. But we need, again, a generation of creative directors and uh, leadership roles that are able to understand what can be done with these tools in detail so that they can uh, manage projects around it and find more effective ways to work with those. Because and envision, and envision what could be done with them. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. Because when we're, when we're working with virtual fashion productions, and that is like part of what I'm doing as well, you need to identify pipelines to bring all of this software together. It's a process mm -hmm. that takes a lot of time energy and resources and sometimes because like personally me i'm working in between industry and academia so i have this flexibility sometimes of spending some time for research i understand that when you're purely commercial it's a bit difficult so these roles need to be there because they will allow you to do it more effectively quickly and by as you said envisioning and inspiring a team to be able to work towards it so definitely education needs to change to uh, to become an umbrella bringing all of these together in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I hope we will. Yeah, so basically, to kind of sum it up, what you're saying, it has to be interdisciplinary. The future of fashion is the fashion that's interdisciplinary discipline because it's always kind of used to be very on its own and very separate. Even in every, I don't know, a design school, I know it's like all the departments and then there's fashion. And it's always been like that. And I think this is, uh, yeah, this is a thing of the past. And I'm hoping to see more initiatives and more things, you know, like you're uh, doing. And I'm also hoping to see emergence of new platforms and new ways where people, I don't know, creative directors, executives can also be informed about those things. Yeah. Um, it's true. And I think like just wrapping up that this this is like the, the reason why we need to experiment with the digital, because of course, like digital tools, immersive media, uh, provide digitalization and they're virtualizing things. So sometimes like brands and stakeholders within the creative industry see it with, with a fear involved because, okay, it's not, I mean, fashion as well is, is about tangibility, it's about the physical sense. So we don't, we, we cannot lose that part. But I think that more, it's, it's more about connecting us as well rather than just making everything numbers. Mm -hmm. So we have to use it in ways that will inspire people and will bring us more closely together. For example, like a digital fashion show is an event that can be streamed to any number of end users, whereas the traditional one is kind of an event that is accessed to very few people. So I think by blending these two, you can create showcasing models and design models as well that uh, become more of a more of an umbrella, an ecosystem that each individual voice is being heard, which for me is uh, is really really important at the stage of the industry. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a very good kind of closing conclusion. 
Um, thank you so much, Costas. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I'm looking forward to see you know how your projects evolve, especially when those tools come in and we can use them and we can fully experience it. Thank you so much. Likewise, yeah, really happy to be here. Thank you.